Runo twenty five of Kalevala, the Land of the Heroes by Elias Lunrot, translated by William Forsell Kirby, eighteen forty four to nineteen twelve. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Runo twenty five. The Homecoming of the Bride and Bridegroom. Argument. The bride, the bridegroom, and their company are received at the home of Ilmarinen. The company are hospitably entertained with food and drink, and Vainamoinen sings the praises of the host, the hostess, the inviter, the bridesmaid, and the other wedding guests. On the way back, Vainamoinen's sledge breaks down, but he repairs it and drives home. Long already twas expected, long expected and awaited that the new bride soon would enter the abode of ilmarinen and the eyes with room were dropping of the old folks at the windows and the young folks knees were failing as about the door they waited and the children's feet were freezing by the wall as they were standing mid-aged folks their shoes were spoiling as upon the beach they wandered and at length upon a morning just about the time of sunrise from the wood they heard a rattling as the sledge came rushing onward loka then the kindest hostess kaleva's most handsome matron uttered then the words which follow tis my son's sledge now approaching as from poyola he cometh and he brings the youthful damsel straight he journeys to this country to the homestead hastens onward to the house his father gave him which his parents had constructed therefore thus did ilmarinen hasten forward to the homestead to the house his father gave him which his parents had constructed hazel grouse were twittering blithely on the collar formed of saplings and the cuckoos all were calling on the sledge's sides while sitting and the squirrels leaped and frolicked on the shafts of maple fashioned loka then the kindest hostess kaleva's most beauteous matron uttered then the words which follow and in words like these expressed her for the new moon waits the village and the young await the sunrise children search where grow the berries and the water waits the tarred boat for no half-moon have i waited nor the sun have i awaited but i waited for my brother for my brother and stepdaughter gazed at morning gazed at evening knew not what had happened to them if a child he had been rearing or a lean one he had fattened that he came not any sooner though he faithfully had promised soon to turn his footsteps homeward ere defaced had been his footprints ever gazed i forth at morning and throughout the day i pondered if my brother was not coming nor his sledge was speeding onward swiftly to this little homestead to this very narrow dwelling though the horse were but a straw one and the sledge were but two runners yet a sledge i still would call it and a sledge would still esteem it if it homeward brought my brother and another fair one with him thus throughout my life i wished it this throughout the day i looked for till my head bowed down with gazing and my hair bulged up in ridges and my bright eyes were contracted hoping for my brother's coming 
swiftly to this little household to this very narrow dwelling and at length my son is coming and in truth is coming swiftly with a lovely form beside him and a rose-cheeked girl beside him bridegroom o my dearest brother now the white front horse unharness do thou lead the noble courser to his own familiar pasture to the oats but lately garnered then bestow thy greetings on us greet us here and greet the others all the people of the village when thou hast bestowed thy greetings thou must tell us all thy story did thy journey lack adventures hadst thou health upon thy journey to thy mother-in-law when faring to thy father-in-law's dear homestead there to woo and win the maiden beating down the gates of battle and the maiden's castle storming breaking down the walls uplifted stepping on her mother's threshold sitting at her father's table but i see without my asking and perceive without inquiry he has prospered on his journey with his journey well contented he has wooed and won the gosling beaten down the gates of battle broken down the boarded castle and the walls of linden shattered when her mother's house he entered in her father's home he entered in his care is now the duckling in his arms behold the dovekin at his side the modest damsel shining in her radiant beauty who has brought the lie unto us and the ill report invented that the bridegroom came back lonely and his horse had sped for nothing for the bridegroom comes not lonely nor his horse has sped for nothing perhaps the horse has brought back something for his white mane he is shaking for the noble horse is sweating and the foal with foam is whitened from his journey with the dovekin when he drew the blushing damsel in the sledge stand up o fair one on its floor o gift most noble do thou raise thyself unaided and do thou arise unlifted if the young man tries to lift thee and the proud one seeks to raise thee from the sledge do thou upraise thee from the sledge do thou release thee walk upon this flowery pathway on the path of liver colour which the swine have trod quite even and the hogs have trampled level over which have passed the lambkins and the horse's mane swept over step thou with the step of gosling strut thou with the feet of duckling in the yard that's washed so cleanly on the smooth and level grass plot where the father rules the household and the mother holds dominion to the workplace of the brother and the sister's blue-flowered meadow set thy foot upon the threshold then upon the porch's flooring on the honeyed floor advance thou next the inner rooms to enter underneath these famous rafters underneath this roof so lovely it was in this very winter in the summer just passed over sang the floor composed of duck bones that thyself should stand upon it and the golden roof resounded that thou soon shouldst walk beneath it and the windows were rejoicing for thy sitting at the windows it was in this very winter in the summer just passed over often rattled the door handles for the ringed hands that should close them and the stairs were likewise creaking 
for the fair one robed so grandly and the doors stood always open and their opener thus awaited it was in this very winter in the summer just passed over that the room around has turned it unto those the room who dusted and the hole has made it ready for the sweepers when they swept it and the very barns were chirping to the sweepers as they swept them it was in this very winter in the summer just passed over that the yard in secret turned it to the gatherer of the splinters and the storehouses bowed downward for the wanderer who should enter rafters bowed and beams bent downward to receive the young wife's wardrobe it was in this very winter in the summer just passed over that the pathways had been sighing for the sweeper of the pathways and the cowsheds nearer drawing to the cleanser of the cowsheds songs and dances were abandoned till should sing and dance our duckling on this very day already and upon the day before it early has the cow been lowing in her morning hay expecting and the foal has loud been neighing that his truss of hay be cast him and the lamb of spring has bleated that its food its mistress bring it on this very day already and upon the day before it sat the old folks at the windows on the beach there ran the children by the wall there stood the women on the porch door youths were waiting waiting for the youthful mistress and the bride they all awaited hail to all within the household likewise hail to all the heroes hail o barn and all within thee barn and all the guests within thee hail o hall and all within thee birch-bark roof and all thy people hail o room and all within thee hundred boards with all thy children hail o moon to thee o monarch and the bridal train so youthful never was there here aforetime never yesterday nor ever was a bridal train so splendid never were such handsome people bridegroom o my dearest brother let the red cloths now be loosened laid aside the veils all silken let us see thy cherished martin whom for five long years thou wooest and for eight years thou hast longed for hast thou brought whom thou hast wished for hast thou brought with thee the cuckoo from the land a fair one chosen or a rosy water maiden but i see without my asking comprehend without inquiry thou hast really brought the cuckoo hast the blue duck in thy keeping greenest of the topmost branches thou hast brought from out the greenwood freshest of the cherry branches from the freshest cherry thickets on the floor there sat an infant from the floor spoke out the infant o my brother what thou bringest is a tar stump void of beauty half as long as a tar barrel and as tall as is a bobbin shame o shame unhappy bridegroom all thy life thou hast desired vowed to choose from hundred maidens and among a thousand maidens bring the noblest of the hundred from a thousand unattractive from the swamp you bring a lapwing from the hedge you bring a magpie from the field you bring a scarecrow from the fallow field a blackbird what has she as yet accomplished in the summer just passed over if the gloves she was not weaving nor begun to make the stockings 
Empty to the house she cometh, To our household brings no presents. Mice are squeaking in the baskets, Long-eared mice are in the coppers. Loka, most accomplished hostess, Kalava's most handsome matron, Heard these wondrous observations, And replied in words which follow, Wretched child, what art thou saying? To thy own disgrace thou speakest. Thou mayst wonders hear of others, Others mayst perchance disparage, But thou mayst not shame this damsel, Nor the people of this household. Bad the words that thou hast uttered, Bad the words that thou hast spoken, With the mouth of calf of night-time, With the head of day-old puppy. Handsome is this noble damsel, Noblest she of all the country, Even like a ripening cranberry, Or a strawberry on the mountain, Like the cuckoo in the tree-top, Little bird in mountain ash-tree, In the birch a feathered songster, White-breast bird upon the maple, Ne'er from Saxony came ever, Nor in Vero could they fashion Such a girl of perfect beauty, Such a duck without an equal, With a countenance so lovely And so noble in her stature, And with arms of such a whiteness, And with slender neck so grateful. Neither comes the damsel dowerless, Furs enough she brought us hither, Blankets too as gifts she brought us, Cloths as well she carried with her, much already has this damsel wrought by working with her spindle. On her own reel has she wound it. With her fingers much has finished. Cloths of very brilliant luster has she folded up in winter. In the spring days has she bleached them. In the summer months has dried them. Splendid sheets the beds to spread on. Cushions soft for heads to rest on silken neckcloths of the finest woolen mantles of the brightest noble damsel fairest damsel with thy beautiful complexion in the house wilt thou be honoured as in father's house the daughter all thy life shalt thou be honoured as in husband's house the mistress never will we cause thee trouble never trouble bring upon thee to the swamp thou wast not carried, nor from the ditch-side they brought thee. From the cornfields rich they brought thee, but to better fields they led thee. And they took thee from the alehouse to a home where ale is better. Noble girl and fairest damsel, one thing only will I ask thee. Didst thou notice on thy journey shocks of corn that stood uplifted? Ears of rye in shocks uplifted? all belonging to this homestead, from the ploughing of thy husband, he has ploughed and he has sown it. Dearest girl and youthful damsel, this is what I now will tell thee. Thou hast willed our house to enter. Be contented with the household. Here tis good to be the mistress, good to be a fair-faced daughter, sitting here among the milk-pans, butter-dishes at thy service. This is pleasant for a damsel, pleasant for a fair-faced dovekin. Broad the planking of the bathroom, broad within the rooms the benches. Here the master's like thy father, and the mistress like thy mother, and the sons are like thy brothers, and the daughters like thy sisters. If the longing air should seize thee, and the wish should overtake thee, for the fish thy father captured, or for grouse to ask thy brother, 
from thy brother-in-law ask nothing from thy father-in-law ask nothing best it is to ask thy husband ask him to obtain them for thee there are not within the forest any four-legged beasts that wander neither birds in air that flutter two-winged birds with rushing pinions neither in the shining waters swarm the best of all the fishes which thy husband cannot capture he can catch and bring them to thee here tis good to be a damsel here to be a fair-faced dovekin need is none to work the stone mill need is none to work the mortar here the wheat is ground by water and the rye by foaming torrents and the stream cleans all utensils and the lake foam cleanses all things oh thou lovely little village fairest spot in all the country grass below and cornfields over in the midst between the village fair the shore below the village by the shore is gleaming water where the ducks delight in swimming and the waterfowl are sporting drink they gave the bridal party food and drink they gave in plenty meat provided in abundance loaves provided of the finest and they gave them ale of barley spicy drink from wheat concocted roasts they gave them in abundance food and drink in all abundance in the dishes red they brought it in the handsomest of dishes cakes were there in pieces broken likewise there were lumps of butter poems too to be divided salmon too to cut to pieces with the knives composed of silver and with smaller knives all golden ale unpurchased there was flowing mead for which you could not bargain ale flowed from the ends of rafters honey from the taps was oozing ale around the lips was foaming mead the mood of all enlivened who among them should be cuckoo who should sing a strain most fitting Vinamoinen, old and steadfast he the great primeval minstrel he himself commenced his singings set about composing verses and he spoke the words which follow and expressed himself in this wise o oh, my own beloved brethren o oh, most eloquent companions o oh, my comrades ready talkers listen now to what i tell you rarely kiss the geese each other rarely sisters gaze on sisters rarely side by side stand brothers side by side stand mother's children in these desert lands so barren in the wretched northern regions shall we give ourselves to singing set about composing verses none can sing except the singer none can call save vernal cuckoo none can paint except sinetar none can weave save kankahatar lapland's children they are singing and the hayshod ones are chanting as the elk's rare flesh they feast on or the meat of smaller reindeer wherefore then should i not carol wherefore should our children sing not while upon the rye bread feasting or when eating is concluded lapland's children they are singing and the hayshod ones are chanting as they drink from water pitchers while they chew the bark of fir tree wherefore then should i not carol wherefore should our children sing not while the juice of corn were drinking and the best brewed ale of barley 
Lapland's children they are singing, and the Heyshod ones are chanting, even by the sooty fire, as they lay the coals upon it. Wherefore then should I not carol? Wherefore should our children sing not? Underneath these famous rafters, underneath a roof so splendid. Good it is for men to dwell here, good for women to reside here. All among the barrels ale-filled, standing close beside the mead-tubs, near the sound where swarm the poems, near the place for netting salmon, where the food is never failing and the drink is never stinted. Good it is for men to dwell here, good for women to reside here, here to eat by care untroubled, here to live without affliction, here to eat unvexed by trouble and to live without a sorrow long as lives our host among us all the lifetime of our hostess which shall i first praise in singing shall it be the host or hostess always first they praise the heroes therefore first i praise the master he who first prepared the marshland and along the shore who wandered and he brought great stumps of fir trees and he trimmed the crowns of fir trees took them to a good position firmly built them all together for his race a great house builded and he built a splendid homestead walls constructed from the forest rafters from the fearful mountains laths from out the woods provided boards from berry-bearing heathlands bark from cherry-bearing uplands moss from off the quaking marshes and the house is well constructed and the roof securely fastened here a hundred men were gathered on the house roof stood a thousand when this house was first constructed and the flooring duly fitted be assured our host so worthy in the building of this homestead oft his hair exposed to tempest and his hair was much disordered often has our host so noble on the rocks his gloves left lying lost his hat among the fir trees in the marsh has sunk his stockings often has our host so noble in the early morning hours when no others had arisen and unheard by all the village left the cheerful fire behind him watched for birds and waddled wigwam and the thorns his head were combing dew his handsome eyes was washing thus receives our host so noble in his home his friends around him filled the benches are with singers and with joyous guests the windows and the floor with talking people porches too with people shouting near the walls with people standing near the fence with people walking through the yard are folks parading children on the ground are creeping now i first have praised the master i will praise our gracious hostess she who has prepared the banquet and has filled the table for us large the loaves that she has baked us and she stirred us up thick porridge with her hands that move so quickly with her soft and tenfold fingers and she let the bread rise slowly and the guests with speed she feasted pork she gave them in abundance gave them cakes piled up in dishes and the knives were duly sharpened and the pointed blades pressed downward as the salmon were divided and the pike were split asunder often has our noble mistress she the most accomplished housewife 
risen up before the cock-crow and before the hen's son hastened that she might prepare the needful that the work might all be finished that the beer might be concocted and the ale be ready for us well indeed our noble hostess and this most accomplished housewife best of ale for us concocted and the finest drink set flowing tis composed of malted barley and of malt the very sweetest and with wood she has not turned it with a stake she has not moved it only with her hands has raised it only with her arms has turned it in the bathroom filled with vapour on the boarding scoured so cleanly nor did she our noble hostess and this most accomplished mistress let the germs mature them fully while on ground the malt was lying off she went into the bathroom went alone at dead of midnight fearing not the wolf should harm her nor the wild beasts of the forest now that we have praised the hostess let us also praise the inviter who was chosen as inviter and upon the road to guide us best inviter of the village best of guides in all the village there we look on our inviter clad in coat from foreign countries round his arms tis tightly fitted neatly round his waist tis fitted there we look on our inviter in a narrow cloak attired on the sand the skirts are sweeping on the ground the train is sweeping of his shirt we see a little only see a very little as if kutar's self had wove it and the tin adorned one wrought it here we look on our inviter belted with a belt of woolen woven by the sun's fair daughter by her beauteous fingers broidered in the times ere fire existed and when all unknown was fire here we look on our inviter with his feet in silken stockings and with silk are bound his stockings and his garters are of satin and with gold are all embroidered and are all adorned with silver here we look on our inviter best of saxon shoes he's wearing like the swans upon the river or the ducks that swim beside them or the geese among the thickets birds of passage in the forests here we look on our inviter with his golden locks all curling and his golden beard is plaited on his head a lofty helmet up among the clouds it rises through the forest glancing summit such a one you could not purchase for a hundred marks or a thousand now that i have praised the inviter i will also praise the bridesmaid whence has come to us the bridesmaid whence was she the happiest chosen thence has come to us the bridesmaid thence was she the happiest chosen where is tonica's strong fortress from without the new-built castle no she came from other regions not at all from such a region thence has come to us the bridesmaid thence was she the happiest chosen brought to us across the water and across the open ocean no she came from other regions not at all from such a region grew like strawberry in the country on the heaths where cranberries flourish on the field of beauteous herbage on the heath of golden flowerets thence has come to us the bridesmaid thence was she the happiest chosen and the bridesmaid's mouth is pretty as the spindle used in swomi 
and the bridesmaids' eyes are sparkling as the stars that shine in heaven. Gleaming are the damsels' temples as upon the lake the moonlight. Here we look upon our bridesmaid, round her neck a chain all golden, on her head a golden headdress, on her hands are golden bracelets, golden rings upon her fingers, in her ears are golden earrings, loops of gold upon her temples, and her brows are bead adorned. And I thought the moon was shining when her golden clasp was gleaming, and I thought the sun was shining when I saw her collar gleaming, and I thought a ship was sailing when I saw her headdress moving. Now that I have praised the bridesmaid, I will glance at all the people. Very handsome are the people, stately are the aged people and the younger people pretty, and the householders are handsome. I have gazed at all the people, and I knew them all already, but before it never happened, nor in future times will happen, that we meet so fine a household, or we meet such handsome people, where the old folks are so stately, and the younger people pretty. Clothed in white are all the people, like the forest in the hoarfrost, under like the golden dawning, over like the morning twilight. Easy to obtain was silver, gold among the guests was scattered, in the grass were littered purses, in the lanes were bags of money, for the guests who were invited, for the guests most greatly honored. Vinamoinen, old and steadfast, of the song the mighty pillar, after this his sledge ascended, homeward drove upon his journey, and he sang his songs forever, sang enchanted spells of magic, sang a song and sang a second, but as he the third was singing, clashed against a rock the runners, crashed the shafts against the tree stump, and the sledge broke off his chanting, and the runners stopped his singing, and the shafts and fragments shattered, and the boards broke all asunder. Spoke the aged Vinamoinen in the very words which follow, Are there none among the youthful of the rising generation, or perchance among the aged of the sinking generation? who to Tuonela can wander and can go to Mana's country, thence to fetch me Tuoni's auger, bring me Mana's mighty auger, that a new sledge I may fashion, or repair my sledge that's broken? But, said all the younger people, and the aged people answered, there are none among the youthful, none at all among the aged, none of race so highly noble, none is such a mighty hero, as to Tuonela to travel journey to the land of mana thence to bring you tony's auger and from mana's home to bring it that a new sledge you may fashion or repair the sledge that's broken then the aged vinamoinen he the great primeval minstrel went again to tony's country journeyed to the home of mana fetched from tonela the auger brought from mana's home the auger then the aged Vinamoinen sang a blue wood up before him. In the forest rose an oak tree, and a splendid mountain ash tree, and from these a sledge he fashioned, and he shaped his runners from them, and for shafts prepared them likewise, and the frame he thus constructed, made a sledge to suit his purpose, and a new sledge he constructed. 
in the shafts the horse he harnessed yoked before the sledge the chestnut in the sledge himself he seated and upon the seat he sat him and without the whip the courser sped by beaded whip unharassed to his long accustomed fodder to the food that waited for him and he brought old Vinamoinen, he the great primeval minstrel to his own door widely open to the threshold brought him safely end of runo twenty five recording by expatriate in bangor maine